Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Daily Bible Reading Podcast. I'm your host, Logan. Today is day number 55, and we will be looking at Numbers chapter 3 and 4 today. I'm so glad that you've joined me, and I think that you are in for a surprise when it comes to Numbers. This book gets overlooked so often, probably because of its title, but it is a treasure trove of so many really good stories and pictures of God's mercy as God's rebellious children travel through the wilderness. Before we get into it today, let's pray and ask that God would show us his character and his loving kindness through his word. Today's prayer is from the book, Every Moment Holy, Volume 2, by Douglas Kane McKelvey. It's entitled, A Liturgy for Those Flooded by Too Much Information. In a world so wired and interconnected, our anxious hearts are pummeled by an endless barrage of troubling news. We're daily aware of more grief, O Lord, than we can rightly consider, of more suffering and scandal than we can respond to, of more hostility, hatred, horror, and injustice than we can engage with compassion. But you, O Jesus, are not disquieted by such news of cruelty and terror and war. You are neither anxious nor overwhelmed. You carried the full weight of the suffering of a broken world when you hung upon the cross, and you carry it still. When the cacophony of universal distress unsettles us, remind us that we are but small and finite creatures, never designed to carry the vast abstractions of great burdens. For our arms are too short and our strength is too small. Justice and mercy, healing, and redemption are your great labors. And yes, it is your good pleasure to accomplish such works through your people, but you have never asked any one of us to undertake more than your grace will enable us to fulfill. Guard us then from shutting down our empathy or walling off our hearts because of the glut of unactionable misery that floods our awareness. You have many children in many places around this globe. Move each of our hearts to compassionately respond to those needs that intersect our actual lives, that in all places your body might be actively addressing the pain and brokenness of this world. Each of us liberated and empowered by your spirit to fulfill the small part of your redemptive work assigned to us. Give us discernment in the face of troubling news reports. Give us discernment to know when to pray, when to speak out, when to act, and when to simply shut off our screens, shut off our devices, and to sit quietly in your presence, casting the burdens of this world upon the strong shoulders of the one who alone is able to bear them up. Amen.
Well, yesterday when we saw the count of the 12 tribes, we saw that the Levites were left out of that count. However, we're going to get more details on them today. They were camped at the center of everything in the camp, right near the tabernacle. It was their responsibility to carry it, to set it up, to tear it down, to protect it. And so in today's reading of chapter 3 and chapter 4 of Numbers, we're going to see in more detail some of their duties uh, and how they were divided by those duties. So I'm ready if you are. Here is Numbers chapter 3 and 4. Chapter 3 These are the generations of Aaron and Moses at the time when the Lord spoke with Moses on Mount Sinai. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, Nadab, the firstborn, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, the anointed priests whom he ordained to serve as priests. But Nadab and Abihu died before the Lord when they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai, and they had no children. So Eleazar and Ithamar served as priests in the lifetime of Aaron, their father. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Bring the tribe of Levi near, and set them before Aaron the priest, that they may minister to him. They shall keep guard over him and over the whole congregation before the tent of meeting, as they minister at the tabernacle. They shall guard all the furnishings of the tent of meeting, and keep guard over the people of Israel, as they minister at the tabernacle. And you shall give the Levites to Aaron and his sons. They are wholly given to him from among the people of Israel. And you shall appoint Aaron and his sons, and they shall guard their priesthood. But if any outsider comes near, he shall be put to death. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Behold, I have taken the Levites from among the people of Israel, instead of every firstborn who opens the womb among the people of Israel. The Levites shall be mine, for all the firstborn are mine. On the day that I struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I consecrated for my own all the firstborn in Israel, both of man and of beast. They shall be mine. I am the Lord." And the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, saying, List the sons of Levi, by fathers' houses and by clans, every male from a month old and upward you shall list. So Moses listed them according to the word of the Lord, as he was commanded. And these were the sons of Levi by their names, Gershon and Kohath and Merari. And these are the names of the sons of Gershon by their clans, Libni and Shimei, and the sons of Kohath by their clans, Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uziel, and the sons of Merari by their clans, Mahli and Mushi. These are the clans of the Levites by their fathers' houses. To Gershon belonged the clan of the Libnites and the clan of the Shimeites. These were the clans of the Gershonites, their listing, according to the number of all the males from a month old and upward, was 7,500. The clans of the Gershonites were to camp behind the tabernacle on the west, with Eliasaph the son of Lael as chief of the father's house of the Gershonites. 
and the guard duty of the son of Gershon in the tent of meeting involved the tabernacle, the tent with its covering, the screen for the entrance of the tent of meeting, the hangings of the court, the screen for the door of the court that is around the tabernacle, and the altar and its cords, all the service connected with these. To Kohath belonged the clan of the Amramites, and the clan of the Izharites, and the clan of the Hebronites, and the clan of the Uzziahites. These are the clans of the Kohathites. According to the number of all the males, from a month old and upward, there were 8,600, keeping guard over the sanctuary. The clans of the sons of Kohath were to camp on the south side of the tabernacle, with Elisaphan, the son of Uzziel, as chief of the father's house of the clans of the Kohathites, and their guard duty involved the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, the vessels of the sanctuary with which the priests minister, and the screen, all the service connected with these. And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, was to be chief over the chiefs of the Levites, and have oversight of those who kept guard over the sanctuary. To Merari belonged the clan of the Mahlites and the clan of the Mushites. These are the clans of Merari. Their listing, according to the number of all the males from a month old and upward, was 6,200. And the chief of the father's house of the clans of Merari was Zuriel, the son of Abihel. They were to camp on the north side of the tabernacle, and the appointed guard duty of the sons of Merari involved the frames of the tabernacle, the bars, the pillars, the bases, and all their accessories. All the service connected with these, also the pillars around the court, with their bases and pegs and cords. Those who were to camp before the tabernacle on the east, before the tent of meeting toward the sunrise, were Moses and Aaron and his sons, guarding the sanctuary itself to protect the people of Israel, and any outsider who came near was to be put to death. All those listed among the Levites, whom Moses and Aaron listed at the commandment of the Lord by clans, all the males from a month old and upward, were twenty-two thousand. And the Lord said to Moses, List all the firstborn males of the people of Israel from a month old and upward, taking the number of their names, and you shall take the Levites for me. I am the Lord, instead of all the firstborn among the people of Israel, and the cattle of the Levites instead of all the firstborn among the cattle of the people of Israel. So Moses listed all the firstborn among the people of Israel, as the Lord commanded him, and all the firstborn males, according to the number of names, from a month old and upward, as listed, were 22,273. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the Levites instead of all the firstborn among the people of Israel, and the cattle of the Levites instead of their cattle. The Levites shall be mine. I am the Lord. And as the redemption price for the two hundred and seventy-three of the firstborn of the people of Israel, over and above the number of the male Levites, you shall take five shekels per head. You shall take them according to the shekel of the sanctuary, the shekel of twenty geras, and give the money to Aaron and his sons, as the redemption price for those who are over. So Moses took the redemption money from those who were over and above, those redeemed by the Levites. From the firstborn of the people of Israel he took money, 1,365 shekels, by the shekel of the sanctuary, 
And Moses gave the redemption money to Aaron and his sons, according to the word of the Lord, as the Lord commanded Moses. Chapter 4 The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Take a census of the sons of Kohath from among the sons of Levi, by their clans and their fathers' houses, from thirty years old up to fifty years old, all who can come on duty to do the work in the tent of meeting. This is the service of the sons of Kohath in the tent of meeting, the most holy things. When the camp is to set out, Aaron and his sons shall go in and take down the veil of the screen and cover the ark of the testimony with it. Then they shall put on it a covering of goat skin, and spread on top of that a cloth all of blue, and shall put in its poles. And over the table of the bread of presence they shall spread a cloth of blue, and put on it the plates, the dishes for incense, the bowls and the flagons for the drink offering. The regular showbread also shall be on it. Then they shall spread over them a cloth of scarlet, and cover the same with a covering of goatskin, and shall put in its poles. And they shall take the cloth of blue, and cover the lampstand for the light, with its lamps, its tongs, its trays, and all the vessels for oil with which it is supplied. And they shall put it with all its utensils in a covering of goatskin, and put it on the carrying frame. And over the golden altar they shall spread a cloth of blue, and cover it with a covering of goatskin, and shall put in its poles. And they shall take all the vessels of the service that are used in the sanctuary, and put them in a cloth of blue, and cover them with a covering of goatskin, and put them on the carrying frame. And they shall take away the ashes from the altar, and spread a purple cloth over it. And they shall put on it all the utensils of the altar, which are used for the service there, the firepans, the forks, the shovels, and the basins, all the utensils of the altar. And they shall spread on it a covering of goatskin, and shall put in its poles. And when Aaron and his sons have finished covering the sanctuary, and all the furnishings of the sanctuary, as the camp sets out, after that the sons of Kohath shall come to carry these. But they must not touch the holy things, lest they die. These are the things of the tent of meeting that the sons of Kohath are to carry. And Eleazar the son of Aaron the priest shall have charge of the oil for the light the fragrant incense, the regular grain offering, and the anointing oil, with the oversight of the whole tabernacle, and all that is in it, of the sanctuary and its vessels. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Let not the tribe of the clans of the Kohathites be destroyed from among the Levites, but deal thus with them, that they may live and not die when they come near to the most holy things. Aaron and his sons shall go in and appoint them each to his task and to his burden, but they shall not go in to look on the holy things even for a moment, lest they die. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take a census of the sons of Gershon also, by their fathers' houses and by their clans. From thirty years old up to fifty years old, you shall list them, all who can come to do service in the tent of meeting. This is the service of the clans of the Gershonites, in serving and bearing burdens. They shall carry the curtains of the tabernacle, and the tent of meeting with its covering, and the covering of goatskin that is on top of it, and the screen for the entrance of the tent of meeting, and the hangings of the court, and the screen for the entrance of the gate of the court that is around the tabernacle and the altar, 
and their cords and all the equipment for their service. And they shall do all that needs to be done with regard to them. All the service of the sons of the Gershonites shall be at the command of Aaron and his sons. All the service of the sons of the Gershonites shall be at the command of Aaron and his sons, in all that they are to carry, and in all that they have to do. And you shall assign to their charge all that they are to carry. This is the service of the clans of the sons of the Gershonites in the tent of meeting, and their guard duty is to be under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron the priest. As for the sons of Merari, you shall list them by their clans and their fathers' houses, from thirty years old up to fifty years old. You shall list them, every one who can come on duty, to do the service of the tent of meeting. And this is what they are charged to carry, as the whole of their service in the tent of meeting, the frames of the tabernacle, with its bars, pillars, and bases, and the pillars around the court, with their bases, pegs, and cords, with all their equipment and all their accessories. And you shall list by name the objects that they are required to carry. This is the service of the clans of the sons of Merari, the whole of their service in the tent of meeting, under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron the priest. And Moses and Aaron and the chiefs of the congregation listed the sons of the Kohathites by their clans and their fathers' houses, from thirty years old up to fifty years old, every one who could come on duty for service in the tent of meeting. And those listed by clans were two thousand seven hundred fifty. This was the list of the clans of the Kohathites, all who served in the tent of meeting, whom Moses and Aaron listed according to the commandments of the Lord by Moses. Those listed of the sons of Gershon by their clans and their fathers' houses, from thirty years old up to fifty years old, everyone who could come on duty for service in the tent of meeting, those listed by their clans and their fathers' houses, were 2,630. This was the list of the clans of the sons of Gershon, all who served in the tent of meeting, whom Moses and Aaron listed according to the commandment of the Lord. Those listed of the clans of the sons of Merari, by their clans and their fathers' houses, from thirty years old up to fifty years old, everyone who could come on duty for service in the tent of meeting, those listed by clans were three thousand two hundred. This was the list of the clans of the sons of Merari, when Moses and Aaron listed according to the commandment of the Lord by Moses. All those who were listed of the Levites, whom Moses and Aaron and the chiefs of Israel listed by their clans and their fathers' houses, from thirty years old up to fifty years old, everyone who could come to do the service of ministry and the service of hearing burdens in the tent of meeting, those listed were 8,580. According to the commandment of the Lord, through Moses they were listed, each one with his task of serving or carrying. Thus they were listed by him, as the Lord commanded Moses. As we step in here to Numbers chapter 3 and 4, all the other 12 tribes have received their marching orders and their their campground allotment, if you want to call it that. But the Levites haven't gotten their details yet. And though they are the smallest of the tribes, they have a huge role within the camp. And so we see Moses getting his count on again. Uh, And so this time they're counting the three tribes of Levi. Now, just as a reminder, 
God really likes to pick the underdog. As we look back, we can remember that Isaac was the second son of Abraham. Jacob was the second son of Isaac. Joseph was the 11th child out of 12. Even Moses here is the second born in his family. Aaron is his older brother. Now, that might explain some of the family tension that we see there between these two as the story goes on. But regardless, I sense a theme developing here. As we get this count of Levites, they are not counted in the same way as the rest of the Israelites. Instead, we get a count here of every male older than a month instead of older than 20 years. And even with this extra boost in population, they are still tiny when compared to these other clans. And now sometimes in society, minorities can get picked on. But it seems as though God takes pleasure in raising up lowly and despised things in society to use for his purposes. Notice that the names of the three tribes of Levi come from Levi's three sons that we saw all the way back in Genesis chapter 46, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. And they obviously become the Gershonites, the Kohathites, and the Merarites. And it's here that God does something interesting. If you remember back in Exodus, as the people were fleeing from Egypt, God ordained that all the firstborn things should be consecrated to him. This was for animals as well as for men. Now, the idea was that the firstborn son from each family would represent his family before God and act as a representative for them. God even goes so far as to call the Levites here his firstborn. God says, I will accept the Levite tribe as my firstborn. They will replace the firstborn from every other tribe, and they will be their representatives. They will take their place. When Jesus comes, he stands in the place of all the Levites. He's not a tribe adopted as God's firstborn. He is God's unique and perfect firstborn son the exact representation of his glory. The Levites become the mediators for the whole people of Israel. They prefigure Christ in that they step in to bear the responsibility for another, for a lot of others, before God. This is not something to be taken for granted. It's, it's costly, as seen in the amount of money that had to be paid as a redemption price for those that weren't covered by the number of Levites. That is the duty of a priest, to be the mediating force between God and man. The Levites were given the weighty responsibility of standing in the gap for their brethren, bringing the sins of the people before God to be atoned, and shielding the people from the purifying holiness of God. And now I know that we live in the new covenant, and we can each come to God individual, individually, because of the finished work of Christ on the cross. But there is still something that bothers me when I hear people act as though God is now their buddy. God has not changed. God is still a holy and purifying fire. I thank God that Jesus took my place and bore the wrath of God that was meant for me. God was laying the foundation here for an idea that would ultimately have its payoff on a hillside 
outside of Jerusalem. There, Jesus revealed himself not only as God's consecrated firstborn son, but the priesthood, the sacrifice, the temple, and so much more. He's the fulfillment of all of it. And he does make a way for us to come to God. However, God is still a consuming fire. And as we come to him, we don't come to him as our buddy. We come to him as our father. In chapter 34, we see that the males from 30 to 50 years old from each of these three tribes are given specific tasks anytime the tabernacle needs to be moved. Now, just a quick note on that age. The 30-year-old cutoff is going to get expanded to 25 by the time they reach the promised land. And then as the temple is set up, it's going to be reduced to 20, which is the same age for military service. Now, keep track of the amount of times that the camp moves throughout this book. And you'll see more in Joshua as well, as it takes a while for them to finally settle down in Jerusalem as the capital. And we see how God tells the people where to go and how to leave and when to leave in chapter 9. But their camp, every night when they rested, needed to be established in the way that God had outlined. And this was a lot of work. Anyone who's been camping knows the pain of setting up a tent and tearing it down. Unless you go camping in an RV, which really isn't camping at all. That's not fair. You don't get to bring your house when you go camping. But, but every time the camp needed to move, the sons of Aaron would have to go into the tabernacle and carefully wrap up all of the implements and all of the holy things so that they were covered and shielded. They would also install the carrying poles so these parts could be moved without those carrying it being in danger because they touched it or even saw it. As you look at the service of these three tribes of Levi as they move the tabernacle, you see that the oldest tribe, the Gershonites, get to move the tent itself and the outer curtain with all of its fabrics. The youngest, the Merarites, they get to move the frame of the tent and the fences as well as the pegs and the cords and all of that stuff. But in God's way of doing things, it was the second tribe, the Merarites, who had the noble privilege and the high responsibility of actually moving the holy things, the Ark of the Covenant, the table uh, for the bread, the lampstand, all of these things. This is yet another example of God going out of birth order to choose who is most important in his economy. And just a quick trivia fact. You know, which of these tribes do you think that Moses and Aaron and their sons came from? If you guess the second born, the middle child, Kohath, you would be right. You know, maybe I'm the only one that likes talking about this because I, as well, am a second born son. But hopefully not. Hopefully you can see the benefit of God not always choosing based upon birth order. Anyway, if all of this seems a little bit distant from your life, think about it this way. God is very concerned about the way that his people worship him. And he's given us all different ways to serve. Now, if it was my job to carry tent pegs and I didn't like that and I decided to reach out and take the lampstand or something, I would be putting myself in danger. What do you do at your church? You might not be the guy that gets up and speaks to everyone, 
You may serve on the worship team, or you might sing in the choir. You might pass out bulletins or greet people as they come in. You know, maybe you feel like you drew the short straw that you're on the team that sets up chairs or sanitizes the sanctuary between services. But think for a minute how important each of those different things are and how they all work together. Now, if the Kohathites went in and Aaron and his sons had not done their job, they would have been consumed by the glory of God. If the tent peg guys are lollygagging behind and they don't set up the tent, then the Kohathites don't have a place to put the ark. It works the same way in your church. The worship leader counts on the work of the sound guy and the lady that plays the tambourine. The pastor might write an awesome sermon, but when we're quarantined, if there isn't someone to record and mix that sermon and then someone to put it out on social media, then it can't reach people the way that it needs to. If you're serving, then thank God for your role in the church, no matter how big, no matter how small it is. We're all working together to serve our great King Jesus. And if you aren't serving in a local church somewhere, I would really encourage you to find a way to plug in. I'd be willing to bet your pastor would love to get an email from you today asking how you can be of service. As a pastor, that isn't an email that we get often enough. Most people just want to show up and have their coffee and listen to a nice service and head home to have lunch. Or even more today, as many churches are shut down, just turn on uh, YouTube and stream live while they're sitting on their couch in their pajamas. But there is a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to make that happen. Get involved. It'll be a blessing to you and to others. Thank you for joining me today. I hope this has been encouraging to you. If so, please let me know by visiting the links that you find under the Connect With Us section in the show notes. I'm a simple man and I could use the encouragement. If you've been blessed enough that you would like to support the podcast, I would greatly appreciate that as well. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash dbrpodcast to make either a one-time gift or to sign up for a monthly recurring membership gift. Until tomorrow, keep reading and keep worshiping.